Hello and welcome to Blight, Stories in the Key of Decay and Repair. I'm Sean Williamson. There is a cradle in the corner for our baby girl who is coming soon. I think I know her name, but I won't share it. The days are so full now. Heather working upstairs, me downstairs surviving the boys, cereal and laundry, soccer in the yard, cardboard, box forts, scrambled eggs, screaming matches, empty threat after empty threat, popsicles, sweep, pizza, white claws, whiskey, pork chops, and corn on the grill. Planes float in slow through the air down the hill. Cars are sparse and tiny. They turn on their headlights because the sun is almost gone. Just a band of golden light toward where the highway dead ends. Covering big red plane hangers, brown trees, long stretches of pavement, fences, giant oil drums with rusted ladders that ring the outside. On the shadowy side of the hill, the branches are inky and sharp against the sky. A white X blinks out on the runway. A control tower juts up from the flat horizon. My friend fixed up an old bike he had in his garage and gave it to me. It rides like a dream. It feels like the fastest bike that has ever existed. I've been trying to ride twice a day to the market where no one seems to ever be. Up and down Layton where cars loop around, pull in and out of drive-thrus, where people in masks hand out cheese curds and milkshakes at Culver's, where we are all trying to reattach to a world that seems gone now. No baseball, no parties. We ain't got shit in here. The planes come in. No one stands in their yards. The planes take off. It is wonderful to ride my bike. My lungs feel good. My legs feel like they are getting stronger. When I can, I sit on the hill overlooking the airport and write. The playground on the hill is covered with police tape to keep the children off. To keep the goddamn children from playing on the goddamn playground. I worry so much right now. But in my own way, in that electric sweet spot between want and love, I worry about the kids and Heather, about my parents, about the always reminder of how thin the line is between music, even if it is mundane music, and nothing. I worry about myself, about the things I have done and said, about the viability of whatever career I will have, about the times when I was stupid and reckless and mean about my drinking, that I am selfish, if I am good, when I am mindful. It is windy and beautiful on the hill by the airport, and I think that if I came here every day, I could write something new about it, about how the red lights blink on the end of peppermint sticks coming out of the ground, about how last Friday I counted 98 cars on Layton lined up to get drive through fish fry at the packing house about how smoke runs out in a cartoonish line across the sky from a smokestack at the Wee Energies plant south on the shore of Lake Michigan. Last week, I talked to an ex-girlfriend on the phone, and while we had done each other some equal small hurts, we had remained close friends. She told me that I was a good boyfriend to her and a good friend, and though I very much wanted to hear those things, it did not land how I had imagined, because instantly I thought, how could she know I was good? She did not know everything I had done and thought. She did not know everything. There were patches of white mixed in the green of the hill. 
I think about how I need to get it together, then try to be fair to myself and remind myself in how many ways I do have it together and in how many other ways I am really trying. I worry about this beautiful new baby, that even though I can see positive signs in the world and hope growing all the time for good and real and close to the earth things, I still worry about getting sick. I worry about dying now, when I have so much left to do, so much and so many left to take care of. I worry about the cradle. But still, the planes go in, and the planes go out. Our first story comes from Adam Krauss, who has appeared on more than 30 recordings and published numerous essays and books, including The Revolution Will Be Hilarious and other essays, New Compass 2018. Here's Adam. There was a Stanford University study published this month showing the deforestation and landscape fragmentation enable new viruses to move more easily from animals to humans. The data in the study was collected between 2011 and 2015, so it predates COVID-19, but the study shows how we have made such pandemics increasingly likely. It may make intuitive sense that new and novel viruses would pass from animals to humans in spots where animal populations are highest. This study shows it actually occurs most where forests are fragmented and animal populations are shrinking. Habitat loss leads to desperation and an increased likelihood of entering human-inhabited areas. Gorillas, for instance, will utilize a range of up to 15 square kilometers. So if their habitat is shrunk down to 7 square kilometers or something, they would be more likely to leave that habitat and come into contact with humans. A pandemic like this is not some separate thing we're experiencing in addition to environmental devastation. COVID-19 could be a result of the same things that cause depleted soils and climate change. In the last decade, our already rapid rates of deforestation and urbanization have increased dramatically, in particular in China. As a point of illustration, between 2011 and 2013, China used 6.6 gigatons of cement. Between 1901 and 2000, the United States used 4.5 gigatons. So that's 6 gigatons in 3 years versus 4.5 over a century. An entire century of cement use in the U.S., a century that saw suburbanization and the construction of the interstate, surpassed in just 3 years. The rate and magnitude of this is staggering. It's like trying to imagine how big the universe is. It's not something my brain can actually do. The social tolls are also hard to fathom. Just thinking about the effects of the interstate here, where highways were used to divide parts of cities to create zones of extreme poverty and segregation. Take those social and political impacts generated through the construction and reconstruction of space, and then increase it by an order of magnitude almost impossible to wrap your head around. What was the purpose of all this? After the housing crash of 2007 and 2008 set off a global economic collapse, China almost single-handedly kept the world economy running with that absurd amount of construction. Sure, the U.S. government bailed out the banks deemed too big to fail, but that was nothing compared to China. 
With effective consumer demand plummeting worldwide, China just started deficit spending on infrastructure, building and expanding at a rate the world has never seen before. Demand for South American copper shot up. Steel demand, too. Sand, rocks, mining, fracked oil. All the extractive industries required to build on a scale that uses more cement in three years than the United States did in a hundred. So the global economy was saved by accelerating environmental destruction. Extractive industries were expanded. Ecosystems were simplified, making the likelihood that a virus could jump from animal to human more likely than ever. More lockdowns and deaths will become our new normal unless we can rebuild the natural world and increase the diversity of plant and animal species all across the planet. Cities need to get reimagined as networks of farms and gardens rather than expanses of grass and concrete. Without more diversity and reforestation, this is going to keep happening. There will be new viruses with new names. We'll spend a century indoors or at hospitals, waiting for the flames to engulf us as we mail in ballots to decide which sociopath can fiddle as we die if the Postal Service can even make it that long. The built environments we inhabit are still environments. They are a type of ecosystem with their own dynamics and energy flows. Every machine we use requires resources and produces waste. We have not left the natural world. We have just built and occupied a new type of ecosystem. These ecosystems and our endless expansion of them increase the likelihood of viral pandemics, A true recovery would require rebuilding our devastated natural world. And that's why disaster capitalism is such a danger here. The U.S. government has already deregulated industries to help get them profitable again as soon as possible. The World Bank Group has suggested that receiving recovery loans will require deregulation. But speeding up the expansion of industries with little concern for environmental impact Cutting corners to rush things to market to get profits back on track will only help this pattern of pandemic repeat and entrench. Deregulating and firing up the same systems in the same ways is the wrong answer. The good news is we know the right answers. Current agriculture, to take just one example, is rapidly losing carbon from the soil and causing erosion. We apply salt-based fertilizers that kill the living organic parts of soil. There's more in the air and less in the ground all the time. Changing to mixed agriculture with wide varieties of species located in all lived spaces, rebuilding grasslands, wetlands, and forests to full complexity would sequester carbon and minimize the chance of viruses moving from animals to humans. Such an approach to agriculture and land management would also give us greater freedom from the whims of the market by making us all consciously into co-producers rather than just consumers. The answers and ideas are out there. That's the good news. What I'm suggesting is no longer some imagined utopian vision of a new system of agriculture that I think maybe might be a good idea. In a Reuters story on the destruction of crops as the coronavirus outbreak disrupts our existing food supply chains, a California farmer explained why he plowed over a field of romaine lettuce. Distributors weren't buying, so paying seasonal workers to pick what he probably wouldn't sell anyway would only increase the severity of his economic loss. He had no choice, so he destroyed his crops. Supplies are going to plummet. Prices are going to increase. Bill Mollison, one of the founders of Permaculture, once said, The greatest change we need to make is from consumption to production, 
even if on a small scale in our own gardens. If only 10% of us do this, there is enough for everyone. Hence the futility of revolutionaries who have no gardens, who depend on the very system they attack, and who produce words and bullets, not food and shelter. We need to immediately begin operating as producers for one another, no means testing, no questions asked, and stop trying to survive as consumers in a system where it can make more sense to destroy acres of lettuce because it isn't profitable enough to let it grow. I'm not suggesting seizing, but replacing the means of production. The means of production are fucked. We don't want them. So spring is about to be here. I am once again asking... Please garden like your life depends on it. Because it just might. Our next story comes from Jake Newborn. Jake is the assistant director at the Wisconsin Bike Fed. He is a community organizer and event planner on the local, state, and national level. Jake and his wife and six-year-old daughter have traveled across many states on bike, on foot, using transit, preferring to experience places built for people, not cars. Here's Jake. On April 9th, Governor Evers and the Wisconsin DNR closed 40 state parks. Quote, Due to unprecedented crowds, litter, vandalism, and the need to protect the health and safety of our visitors and staff, Governor Evers has directed the DNR to close the following Wisconsin state parks, forests, and recreational areas, effective Friday, April 10th. End quote. April 10th, the Wisconsin Bike Fed, on behalf of our thousands of members and millions of residents, has urged Governor Evers, Department of Health Services Secretary Andrea Palm, and Wisconsin DOT Secretary-designee Craig Thompson to immediately prepare plans and put them into action to provide space in the public right-of-way for properly social distance essential travel and recreation for the benefit of our mental and physical health. While Wisconsinites are asked to operate under the safer-at-home orders, the ability to walk or bike in your neighborhood for physical and mental health is still allowed and encouraged. Proper social distancing is strongly recommended in order to reduce the possibility of spreading the coronavirus. Many residents will naturally flock to local trails and parks. Trail usage is already increasing in many communities. City of Milwaukee trail counters have already seen an 80% increase across all trails they track for the month during the week of March 29th through April 4th in 2020 compared to 2019. Madison trail numbers are also holding steady or increasing despite many students leaving for the semester. Nationwide reports show trail usage is up 200% across the country. Total Milwaukee County vehicle miles traveled is down 76%. Dane County, down 79%. La Crosse County, down 73%. As weather warms and families and people living together or alone, we'll look for outlets to maintain physical and mental well-being. We fully expect trail usage to continue to increase. Now that state trails and parks are closing, it is ever more increasingly important to provide safe outlets for essential travel and recreation in our communities. It's become painstakingly clear that every Wisconsinite needs safe, immediate access to the outdoors. Trails in every neighborhood, right now. Our elected officials have the power to make this happen. Not all neighborhoods in our cities have easy access to safe places to do such activities. We ask that space for social distance, essential travel, and recreation is created in places unevenly affected by the lack of recreational space, as well as those with trail systems that are being overloaded. 
We urge local officials to close select streets to car traffic in order to create safe places to walk and bike during this pandemic. Suggested changes and ideas for immediate action are quickly and efficiently publicize street closures to car traffic to the public and place signages with a reminder that the streets are for bicycling and walking with social distance requirements at entrances. Ask DPWs to take stock of cones and barrels to use. Close low-volume county and city parkway roads to vehicle traffic to allow for proper social distance walking and biking. Close low-volume residential streets to through traffic and allow local traffic only, homeowners, emergency vehicles, delivery vehicles. Create a closure plan that is geographically equitable, ensuring access to street closures in neighborhoods with higher populations of Black, Indigenous, and people of color. Provide looped courses that encourage movement and not congregating. Reduce the number of lanes open to cars on wider roads. Boulevards are good opportunities to separate users, but still allow traffic to flow. Provide streamlined and updated online processes for block party, street closures, and allow residents to block off with their own barricades to reduce strain on city staff and resources. And finally, deactivate beg buttons, those things you got to press to cross the street. On the blog, you can read our letter to Governor Evers asking for WSDOT to support cities in this action. Madison Bikes, a fellow advocacy group focused on work directly in Madison, has also sent a letter to Mayor Satya Rhodes-Conway, and we are being informed she has directed local departments to begin making plans to make street closures and other accommodations. Quote from Wisconsin State Journal, dated 4-13-2020. Starting this week, traffic engineering is planning to close lanes of motorized traffic on East Mifflin Street, West Shore Drive, South Shore Drive, Clyde Gallagher Avenue, Trailsway Street, Monterey Drive, Vilas Park Drive, and Atwood Avenue. Update, 4-13-2020. Grant Park Roads in Milwaukee County have been closed to car traffic and remain open to people on bikes or walking. Editor's note, in my opinion, this was more of a reaction to overcrowding for people walking at the popular South Shore Park, um, more than a reaction to this initiative, but I suppose we'll count it this time. The Milwaukee County Parks is looking into other parkways that can be closed as well. Update 414. These things move fast. BikeFed has sent a letter in support of this program to the city of Madison, attaching the 71 names and comments we had gathered from our petition in the greater Madison area. On Wednesday, April 15th, the Madison Transportation Committee met to go over a plan proposed by the city of Madison that would focus on a plan to assist community members in having safe and healthy places for walking and biking during the Safer at Home order. During the meeting, Renee Calloway, the City of Madison Bicycle and Pedestrian Administrator, pointed out that many of the proposed local street access-only areas are simple in nature, with barricades on either end of the planned routes, allowing for more space to bike, walk, and roll. This plan would allow only automotive access for those who live on the street and are emergency and delivery vehicles. Additionally, Director of the City of Madison, DOT, Thomas Lynch, and City Engineer Yang Tao briefed the group on their close communication with Madison Fire and Police to ensure community safety and have also been in communication with area alderpersons to represent districts in the, included in the plan. Additional recommendations were made by the committee, including more information about trail etiquette, such as listing peak hours for essential trips and other basic recommendations for respectful social behavior. Branding the plan also came up in the dialogue and a suggestion to refer to the initiative as a shared streets operation in order to accurately inform users of the public right away that this is not a mass street closure on car traffic. 
The Transportation Commission, including City Alders, advised on approval of the plan, and it was approved by the City of Madison Mayor Rhodes Conway. Quote, in order to stay healthy while staying at home, we need to enhance opportunities for residents to safely enjoy the outdoors. End quote. Alderman Tag Evers, 13th District, quoted in the Wisconsin State Journal. On Friday, April 17th, the City of Madison officially launched its Shared Streets Plan, which is currently being assessed and evaluated for safety and convenience as well as optimal mode share. We commend the City of Madison for their quick response to this challenging time for everyone. The Wisconsin Bike Fed is currently working diligently to support similar action plans in other metro areas across the state. As of Sunday, April 26th, Milwaukee DPW informs me that they are working on a plan in partnership with Milwaukee County Parks to close parkways and also streets that are set to become bicycle boulevards in Milwaukee. The Bike Fed will be sending letters to elected officials in La Crosse, Appleton, and Green Bay this week. This advocacy is pedal-powered by people. Period. If you appreciate the work that the Wisconsin Bike Fed is doing, please donate or become a member today. More information is found at wisconsinbikefed.org. Thank you, and ride safe, friends. Our next story comes from Rhea Dambura. Rhea is a writer of nonfiction, fiction, and poetry. Her work was recently featured in the Crystal Radio Sessions Upstate. I will include links to both of those things in the show notes. Here is Rhea. Lost. Sand slowly slipping. Sand on the seacoast, its obsidian face smiling under a gentle surf, stretching, slipping softly into the sea. Clustered in little lumps, ink-like, under casuarina trees where children dance to the tunes whistling through tides, children running down to wood and bamboo huts over speckles of sand, like solitaires sprinkled on the shore. Sand slipping through the cracks of their toes as they rush to feast on the catch of the day, plucked from waves that slither into an undulating horizon. Sand slowly slipping into the sea. Sand slipping, hiding from tall waves beneath jagged new wave breakers, weighed down by teenagers lying face up in the sun, waiting for water to roll over their sun-baked limbs. Sand witnessing hopeful teenagers in private embraces, leaving sand angels on the beach. Sand shivering under tumultuous high tides. Sand on the move, trying to skirt a winter squall, tread upon by teenagers scurrying indoors as sediments are hurled offshore. Teenagers search for seashells, toes inching to where lithosphere and hydrosphere kiss, searching for the old sand no longer there. Sand, ground to dust, near invisible, floating past teenagers who watch the ferries carry partygoers, pilferers and plunderers from shore to shore. Ferries once slow, ambling on now, fast and fierce, pushing swells of briny water out and over, submerging the sand, now sinking into the sea. Seashells lie scorned on the sand as teenagers, approaching adulthood, settle into fishing trawlers to earn their keep. Sand on the seabed struggles to breathe, slowly slipping away. 
Drugs hiding behind casuarinas wait to begin sand mining. Rapacious moguls await precious raw material. Fisher folk wait in vain for the perfect catch. Under the cover of night, as huts echo the sound of sleep, trucks scoop up silken grains, quickly and quietly unsettling the sand. Hiding from high tides behind a concrete dam, the sediment-starved substance sags. Strapping young men return to wood and bamboo huts, now uneasy as sand continues to succumb to the sea. Sand, snatched from the shore, suffocated by jetties, shrieking underwater. Men, now fathers, wait for fish that never come, drag empty trawlers back to hungry families, watch hotels steal space from the sand, inhale faithless fumes from new factories foreign-owned. Development, opportunists say, skulking by the seafront. Sand cover shrinks, pushing huts further out until they almost hug the sea. Sand sinks and slips, the ocean roaring in response. Frothing currents thrash the sand, slowly sinking. Men now middle-aged, mourn relinquished trawlers, no more fish in the sea. Destitute, they watch children surround a baleen whale, its songs stuck in sand, flippers trapped by wave breakers. Children push and shove, push and shove, till the creature slips, with the sand, into the sea. Sand, wary of vacationers and wanderers, sighs, sinking swiftly into the sea. Still, they come in droves, waving carelessly down at those on shore from swanky hotel rooms, from behind glass, admiring the black sand, now scarce. Children, now teenagers, curse metal monsters felling casuarina trees, trees that once eavesdropped on puerile jokes and sheltered self-conscious sweethearts, sweethearts now grey, watching sand slip too swiftly. They shun the sea, once their livelihood, now too treacherous. Once tender winds, now apoplectic, help the sea spread new wares, foam, half-smoked cigarettes, ratty toothbrushes, cocktail straws. Sand scattered with bottle caps of all shapes and sizes, now collected by teenagers in lieu of shells. They limp home with sea glass wounds, pricked by shards indistinguishable from the weary sand, sand swiftly slipping away. Rain batters a sickened, surfeited sea, thrashes huts, slams onto sand. Once coast dwellers shiver, Arthritic hands in dismay, observing sand and shelter swept into a seething sea. From what's left of the shore, they watch hermit crabs in disarray seeking new homes. Theirs, too, swept swiftly away with the sand. Sand they once danced on, sprinkled with silver, covering the land they once owned. Sand once stretching out across the coast to where they sang under casuarina trees, no longer standing. The sand now slips like ashes through weathered fingers. Hoary heads turn to where sand once rolled reluctantly down revements, struggling and straining to hold ground against an encumbered sea threatening to swallow it. Sand, once soft between their toes, slips slowly out of reach, now lost to the sea. Thank you.
Thank you for listening. This has been Blight, Stories in the Key of Decay and Repair. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter. A review on Apple Pods is a true gift. Show music today by Sean Stefani. Playing us out today is Leanna Eden, who is a rock and roll performer from Tennessee. Leanna is a talented lyricist and guitar player. You can purchase all her music at leannaeden.bandcamp.com. Here's the title track off her 2019 album, Ease Your Soul, Chapman.
I'm still 